There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your hosts, Jim and Chuck. And today we've got uh, a double review. Uh, it's actually pretty quite fitting that we're we're doing this the way that we're doing this. We're doing a Hanna-Barbera episode uh, in lieu of the record, um, the release of Scoob, a movie that you and I have been waiting for, uh, for I guess a year since it's been announced. And then we're going to talk about Stargirl uh, because that pilot episode just came out this Monday. And uh, it's like I said, it's ironic because DC and Hanna-Barbera have crossed over uh, many times. So it's only fitting that this has happened. And uh, it wasn't by design. It was pure coincidence. Before we get to that, I have some news. Uh, Last week on our Stargirl preview episode, we talked about how uh, New Mutants was going to go on uh, VOD. You know, I kind of jumped the gun on that. And if we're wrong, we're wrong. We're going to say it. And it's not going to VOD. It's going to theaters August 28th. I know that's AG's birthday weekend. Just gut reaction. This isn't a, is this a movie that gets you out of the house to like the first movie back? You know what I mean? We, we're seeing everything get delayed. Is this a movie to get you out of the house in a time where you've been quarantined for so long and still kind of cautious with going into a public area? I don't know. It, it all depends what's going on and how everything is. Um, I do want to see it in theaters, but if it's kind of like, you know, uh, everything dies down in the end, the end of July, uh, is it three weeks enough to go out to the movies? Probably not. And especially that. Yeah. Um, so I, I do want to see it. I am looking forward to it, but I don't know, you know, really depends on the climate of what's going on out, out in the world. If, uh, if I think it's okay enough to go see it. Um, but I don't know. It seems kind of early, so there, there's maybe a good chance that I don't see it in theaters. There's zero chance that I'm not going to see this movie. Um, the problem is, is do I go to theaters or do I not? Um, I think I'm going to go see it in theaters. Um, just because I've, I want to support movie theaters because I think that a lot of you know, rumors with AMC going down, there's a possibility that Amazon's going to buy them. You know, you never know what's going to happen with the theaters. But uh, this isn't a movie that. If I'm not who I am, that would get me out of the seat and be like, I have to go see this in theaters. Um, this is a movie that you and I have been covering for two years yeah. since the trailer. We've been super pumped about this movie. And uh, to me, I think that Fox and uh, I don't think Disney's in charge of this one, but I think Fox is making the wrong decision. I think that this is a mistake. Uh, this is a movie that should have came out on its original release date on video on demand. I think it would have made more money on VOD than it would have in theaters because this is an IP that is going nowhere. Yeah. This is the end. You know what I mean? And this is a movie that you and I have been waiting for and a lot of our listeners and our friends have been waiting for. But is a dead property going to get people into the movie theaters? No. I don't think so. And that's, I kind of feel the same way with Dark Phoenix. Like, I mean, that movie was really bad anyway. But I feel a lot trash. of people... That was a terrible movie. And I know several people that seen all the movies and didn't see that one because they were like, why? You know, why waste your time to go to the theaters to a movie that you know, one, is getting bad reviews. Two, is the end of a unit is the end of a franchise slash universe that never going to come around again. Yeah. And there has, this has been a movie that's been announced since 2018. And there has been no talk since the Disney Fox merger that this property was going anywhere forward. I mean, for the longest time we thought it was just going to be shelved. It's been reshot more times than it's been advertised. 
You know what I mean? There's been two trailers. It's been reshot like three or four times, and it's been postponed 85 times. I think just you got to cut the cord. Like I understand that studios are desperate for money right now. They're not producing movies. Um, you know, Universal says they're going to release some movies VOD, so they lost AMC's backing. So you're getting to a point where just release it. Uh, Trolls did crazy numbers yeah. on video on demand and kind of proved that this could be a possibility for the future for certain movies. Uh, I'm assuming Scoob's going to do uh, fairly decent numbers, if not better than what Trolls pulled in. Um, I know Capone isn't going to do any numbers. <laughs> um, but this would have been a good movie. Um, there's no good superhero. Like, there's not a lot of new superhero stuff starting. Of course, we're going to talk about Stargirl in this episode, but I think this would have like kind of calm the storm a little bit because we're not getting black widow until november we're not getting eternals until 2021 wonder woman might get pushed back to december if tenet gets pushed back so we're getting to a point where these big movies we've been waiting for as geeks um are getting pushed back further and further and this one's coming out on august 28th now i still think that's still kind of early um i would have just released it in May or the end of this month or early June and said, like, here, have at it. You're going to make more money now than you would have in August. But that's just my point. Let's go to something that has legs and something that we're excited for and something that is confirmed. Umbrella Academy yeah. Season 2, coming to Netflix July 31st. Uh, this is a announcement that you and I have been talking about on almost every other episode. Like, <laughs> when are they going to announce this? Between this and the boys, when are they going to announce the release date? And we finally got it, and I can't be more pumped for it. Yeah, I'm very excited. I love season one. Uh, I can't wait for season two. I'm a fan of the comics. What, uh, what are your thoughts on this announcement? Are you pumped for it? Oh, I'm pumped. I love the season one, and season one totally left off for season two. You know, they were hoping and planning that, you know, some series kind of, you know, they do the waiting game. They kind of do something and like, eh, you know, if we get one, great. But this was a definitive cliffhanger. And, yep. you know, it made you want more. And the series was great. The cast was great. The writing was great. Um, it was, you know, a, a breath of fresh air coming from Netflix that, yeah. you know, they have some good stuff, but they also have a lot of stuff that um, misses the mark, in my opinion. So, you know, when this came out, I, I loved it. And, yeah, I, I totally agree. It, you know, it got a green lit for season two fairly quickly, but we yeah. didn't hear anything. We heard it kind of short, yeah. shortly after it premiered. They were like, yeah, season two. And that was it. Yeah, this is, is kind of like a common trend for this episode. Um, multiple years between announcements yeah. uh, with New Mutants, with Umbrella Academy, uh, with Stargirl. Do you remember Stargirl got announced the day we went to Keystone Comic Con, the first one, two years ago? Yeah. It got it like that was the the rollout, and it, it's been it was radio silence until now. It's like here we are, Star Girls here. Uh, but Umbrella Academy, I think season two is going to follow closer to uh, series two of the comics, uh, the Dallas storyline. If I'm getting it correct, I think it's Dallas, and then it goes to Hotel Oblivion. So I think that this is going to be really good. I think it's uh, it opens up for new characters. There's not a lot of you know we've gotten some casting news for season two, but the good thing about this is like they kind of surprise you later on in the series with new characters. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the trans uh, transition to from where they were to uh, Dallas, which is very exciting. We've got another announcement: um, Robert Downey Jr.'s leaving Marvel, yeah. but to work to produce a 
DC Vertigo property. I'm not saying there's no chance for for Iron Man to ever return, uh, maybe in a flashback or a hologram, but um, it came out that Jeff Lemire's 2011, I believe, series, um, Sweet Tooth, is coming to Netflix as well, and you were like, have you heard of Sweet Tooth? I remember the text. Have you heard of Sweet Tooth? And I have, um, and at the moment, I never read it. Uh, I'd seen artwork for it uh, at this moment of recording, two weeks or a week later, I've read all 40 issues. <laughs> and uh, I mean, listen, I gotta gotta live by the brand, active geek or nothing, right? So I I read it, and I can tell you that if they follow what the comics do, this is gonna be one hell of a series. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Sweet Tooth? Is it something that's gonna get you amped up to watch another comic book adaptation? I mean, I'm definitely gonna watch. Uh, I looked into it. It looks really weird. Yeah. Um, the artwork... Is a little strange, but very uh, vertigo, vertigo like. Yeah. Um, the comic is very. It, it's different. Uh, you know how like we're used to like blurbs, like speech bubbles, right? Yeah. This one has that, but like halfway through, you're getting like diary entries, or you're getting just like full length pictures with like cap- captions at the bottom. It's a very unique style of writing, and it, for the comic, it works. Um, but are is this something that you're gonna watch? Oh yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Will Forte is attached to it. Uh, James Brolin, to correct uh, what I posted on Instagram, it's James Brolin, not Josh Brolin. And it's it's a, it's super weird, man. It's post-apocalyptic uh, animal-humanoid characters. But there are human characters in it as well. So Will, F- Will Forte is basically going to look like himself with antlers. Yeah. Um, not, not sure I like that he's playing Sweet Tooth. Uh, because at the time of the comics, Sweet Tooth is a child, like nine years old. Okay. And you know it 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 chronicles his journey through uh, America, post apocalyptic, while this virus is going on, searching for answers. Answers, and he's meeting different people. Who like there's a guy named Jeopard who is a main character, and there's other characters that are in there as well, and villains and stuff. But um, I don't. I don't know if this is going to be the the beginning and like they're going to start with like flashbacks of young Gus and post comics or this is just like Will Forte 40 years old as Gus running around um, like the it's that's essentially what the ending of the comics is is when he's older because the comics like really take place like the first 39 issues take place within a couple months of themselves and then the last one the ending which might be the best ending to a comic series that I've ever read um it ends the entire story, and I thought that that was really cool. But uh, I'm super excited for this. Uh, I read that it's possibly going to be a family type show, which is weird uh, because Vertigo is not family material. Nah. This is a hard MA as far as comics go. But um, if we get more news, release dates, castings, we'll talk about it here. Uh, we got two more things, and we're going to get into it. Zack Snyder, uh, of course, you know. Everything happens on the day that we're, we release episodes, right? So Zack Snyder is hosting a watch party for Man of Steel the day this releases, right? The rumor is that there's going to be an announcement about the Snyder Cut or uh, Man of Steel 2. Let's say it's the Snyder Cut, right? Everybody's been talking about it. He's screening it with uh, executives over at HBO and with Warner Brothers. And the rumor is it's going to go to HBO Max, right? Is this enough for you to subscribe to HBO Max, the Snyder Cut? 
No, it's enough to get me a free trial. Damn right. Damn um, right. Nothing on HBO Max currently is giving me anything that I want to get it. Um, I want to yeah. wait more to the Green Lantern series um, and different um, different superhero shows that they have announced. But we haven't really heard anything. I mean, the only really th- superhero thing that's getting it is um, Doom Patrol Season 2. And that yeah, and that's I mean we already pay for DC Universe. Yeah, so I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch it on HBO Max when I already have DC Universe, and it's only seven dollars yeah. compared to fifteen. Yeah, it's cra- like crazy. Like I don't like to to echo what you said. I don't think that this warrants like I know everybody's getting into the streaming game, right? But there's nothing on there like you said that makes me want to pay fifteen dollars a month. Um, I don't care about Friends. No, uh, I know. Every millennial is now a big Friends fan again because they're talking about a reunion. Don't care about it. Nope. Uh, already saw Game of Thrones. Already saw Big Bang Theory. There's no future for Watchmen. There's a bunch of stuff on there. Like they're they're showing like their main advertising is Friends, Big Bang Theory, Watchmen, and Joker. Saw them. I, I ha- don't care. I have Joker. I've thought about watching Big Bang Theory, but I don't need to. Um, yeah, you can watch it on TBS. And then Game of Thrones, I saw. Watchmen, I saw, and yep. Damon Lindoff said, that's it, so... Yeah, it's all you get. It's all we deserve was one season. Remember that. It's not what we wanted. It's what we deserved. Yeah. Like, he's just a pretentious person. Like, it's not what you wanted, and then, well, well I don't want to make it anymore. One season, that's enough. I told my story. I did enjoy it. It was a lot different it, than the comics and anything that I know of the Watchmen, but I did like it. Yeah, I mean, it set it up for a second season with the reveal at the end of Dr. Manhattan. It definitely set it up, but that's it. Like, like for people, it's kind of like Swamp Thing, right? CW's saying, like, we got Swamp Thing, we got Swamp Thing. Yeah, a year after it came out on DC <laughs> Universe, uh, a year after it got canceled, and then executives are like, ah, this might be a tryout for season two. Okay. I don't know. But I will say, I'm with you. Seven-day trial of Snyder Cut comes out, and this might usher in the Zack Snyder taking the mantle of uh well taking over for not even taking over taking the the follow-up to Man of Steel with Man of Steel 2 now that they're talking about a superhero another Superman movie last thing is Bill and Ted possibly going to VOD I'm fine with that because I want to see that movie this year and not wait till next year yeah so I'm good with that you go with that as well yeah I mean it does suck because I that was something I definitely wanted to see in theaters but you know I'm just glad it's coming out uh Supposedly on time, but on video on demand. So, um, you know, we get this. What is it? The end of June, right? No, I think it's an August release. Okay. Either way, it's yeah. within the next couple months rather than, you know, uh, being delayed till 2021. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just happy this movie's coming out yeah. in general. It, they could have just said, oh, well, here's another chance for, uh, for us to delay or to shelve Bill and Ted 3. They're finally getting it out. Like, it's done, which is awesome. Yeah, definitely. All right, you ready to talk uh, adolescent superheroes, my friend? Yeah. All right, because we're going to spoil episode one of Stargirl, which is two days old at the the time of release for this episode. We watched it, uh, DC Universe. We paid for this show, remember. Uh, This is part of uh, our monthly subscription fee. And then it's on CW the night that we're recording this on Tuesday. So if you haven't watched it, 
go back and watch it. You have two options to watch it before we spoil it. Um, and I say go back and watch it because I think this is going to be a fun little series. Yeah. Just from the jump, I kind of thought it was a little cheesy with the animation sometimes, uh, like the the graph, like the CGI. Mm-hmm. Like where, you know, Luke Wilson's driving the car up and I'm like, oh, that doesn't look really cool. But then you get in there and they show you the Injustice Society. Uh, you see Starman fighting. You see you get a glimpse of Wildcat and Rex Tyler. And I, I thought that that had promise and I thought that that was cool. Uh, but the main thing I liked out of the that battle scene was Icicle. I think Icicle looks awesome. Yeah, he he did. He, um, that battle scene was really cool. The yeah. The only thing that I felt... <laughs> That I was like, oh man, is Joel McHale just bashing Luke Wilson? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like that's what they do in real life. Because Starman's dying, and hands, you know, he's got the um, the cosmic staff, and he's like, you need to give this to someone worthy, and he's like, not you. It's not you. Yeah. Well, first of all, no nobody should have the cosmic staff named Stripesy. <laughs> never like never and like i love how like um courtney during the the episode starts like making fun of him like that's a corny name like that's a stupid yeah. name like stars and stripes see i get it like it, it plays but it was it was pretty stupid um and he even the, he even said he was like well when when you say it does sound pretty dumb yeah um what were your thoughts on courtney um throughout this episode I didn't mind her, you know. You know, we okay. talked about in the preview how she uh, she was pretty unfamiliar to both of us, even though I saw a little bit, uh, actually, a lot more than what you saw, because um, you've never seen her at all. Yeah, I saw a picture. Yeah, I saw a picture of Star Girl, and that was it. You know, she, I, I didn't hate her. Um, she seemed to be real comfortable with the staff, real quick. They they used that she's a gymnast, so we got to see all that. Yeah, no, I, I didn't I, – I thought she was okay for what it was. Yeah, I think character-wise, they kind of introduced you to a character that you might not like uh, because, like, she is very standoffish mm-hmm. to, to Pat. And, like, like listen, I, I, I don't get it, but I understand it. Like, sometimes kids can be kind of shitty to stepdads. Um, but she was way too standoffish, and then when it was her personal gain, she was like, "Oh, I'm friendly now. We're best friends." Like yeah. I thought that that was kind of like kind of slimy, but she played the part well, and that, like that's like that's the writing, like that's the the whole thing. Like this is a like an angsty teen drama where she gets a superpower. I like the the origin. Like we didn't get the suit in the first episode. I thought that that was good. They left that. Um, I like how they ended it with Stripes the robot. I thought that that was really cool. And I, the fact that, you know, Pat Dugan is controlling it and is inside of it, there's a lot for him to lose and a lot for Courtney to lose as well. So he's not going to let this 15-year-old girl run out there and blow up Mustangs um, and then fight Brainwave, who looks like he can ki- like take like kill her in a heartbeat. Like, yeah. if he wanted to, he could have just killed her right there. Yeah. I thought that that battle scene was good. Brainwave looks like he's going to be a monster. Yeah, and he was really cool in the in the first scene that we saw in the mansion. Mm-hmm. That was really cool, um, and I love how like they did it on purpose because a lot of people don't know, but like as soon as we saw like we seen a character and Luke Wilson just shouted out so we knew who it was. He was like, "Our man." Yeah, yeah. 
I thought that was really good. That was clever. Um, it was introducing a brand new audience to these characters because this is the golden age. Like this is like early superheroes. Um, I like that they kind of like. It gave me vibes that this wasn't set in the same time. I thought there was like a thirty-year jump, honestly, because it, like he's listening to like Buddy Holly and like a nineteen-fifties car, mm-hmm. and like it's like it's been a five-year jump since Star Man dies, and they're like. It was very dated in the first scenes, and then I mean, maybe just Pat is a little dated. Who's just like, first of all, he's a twenty-year-old man who was running around with a fifteen-year-old kid to, yeah. to like stop people. But I thought that the first scenes kind of were a little bit dated. But they introduce you to the villains, and then you kind of see them pop up a little bit. Like you see that obviously uh, Crusher is uh, a douchebag. Oh, he was a uh, he was such a douchebag. He was like, hey, you know, in his tearaway swishy pants. Yeah, and he was like, and he's gonna be he's gonna be sportsmaster. Yeah, you got um, the gym teacher is obviously Tigress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in my mind, like when she grabbed her and she was like, "Let's," or that was the principal. But I think Tigress is the gym teacher. We see Brainwave is the 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 kid's dad, and uh, oh, that it doesn't like I always, huh? That kid was a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, he was awful. Uh, he was he was absolutely terrible, and I love how she gets reprimanded for sticking up for the losers yeah like it's her fault where this kid's bullying kids and like we're in a world where like the 13 reasons why series is popular because like that's what happens and there's repercussions for that like this could have went off the rails real quick the the thing that got me was one i don't think we saw dragon dr uh, dragon king yet no. which was good uh i thought solomon Grandi was cool very big huge enormous like it wasn't drew powell from no. uh from Gotham. The the cool thing is it kind of looks like um, Icicle is the leader. Yeah. And who would have thought a supervillain named Icicle would have been the, the leader of the Injustice Society? Yeah. Uh, I think that that's going to be really cool. And I think there's going to be a power for, like, there's going to be a power play between him and Brainwave because Icicle tells him as he's at his, uh, I guess, his brother's father's uh, grave, like, listen. Don't do anything without me. And Brainwave goes and and attacks St- Courtney. So I think that there's going to be a, a jostling for power there. Let me let me ask you if this was your favorite part. Was your favorite part when she finds the JSA picture? Yeah. And you see all of the heroes. I thought you were going to say it was your favorite part when they started playing Hanson. Um, I can tell you that was Chelsea's favorite part. Uh- and it was like a slowed down version, right? Because I was like, she's in her bedroom. It wasn't even Hanson. It was like a coffee shop cover. And it was like me and you decided to make Hanson like, songs. They they show her, you know, for the first time we actually see um, the uh, modern day Courtney. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm sitting there. I was like, Yo, is that fucking Mbop? Yeah. And then it was. Yes, um, it was. No, the JSA picture was really cool. It kind of had vibe. It reminded me of the Watchmen. Yeah, like if you remember in the Watchmen movie, they had the picture, and it was all them. That kind of it kind of mm-hmm. gave me that vibe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, I I should have uh, paused it and got to see more of it because it was a really really quick glance at it. Yeah. Um, the costumes were legit. Yeah. Uh, but the again, Hulk, the Hawk people, their costumes were awesome. But again, the, like you were saying, where it seemed dated, where that picture was only five to 10 years old, looked 20, 30 years old. 
Yeah, so, it looked like it was 1940s and we're in the 70s. Not even. It, she was... That, this is current. That, this is a current show. Yeah, that battle scene was in like 2010. Yeah, that's crazy. It's absolutely because, crazy. Because that battle scene was the same night that they showed her and Amy Smart in... In the, it was a uh, Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. So she was what? Five, six years old? Seven max? Yeah. That, that doesn't <laughs> need to be addressed. But anyway, that picture and like how you said seemed like it was 30, 40 years ago, but it was really. Yeah. Ten. Yeah. The, the time, the time lag, maybe this is kind of like a Riverdale situation where it's. In, like, this universe where we don't know what time frame it is, like, like Riverdale and Sabrina is a current show, but it's got, like, the old-timey vibes. I know this isn't on Earth Prime, so it's not connected to anything the CW is. This is Earth 2, so Earth, things might operate a little. Like, this is, like, the resurgence of Earth 2 because Earth 2 blew up. Like, this is yeah. where Black Siren's from. Um, so this is the, the, new, the new Earth 2, and maybe it's kind of stuck in a wormhole. It reminded me also a little bit of Doom Patrol a bit when they're down in Blue Valley Street, Main Center. It kind of reminded me of Danny of the Street. Yeah. Where it's like I, they're driving by it, everybody's friendly, and I'm like, this looks like it's like 1950. This is Leave it to Beaver in color. I think something's up with that. Yeah. I think that I think that Brainwave has got like – I think he's stronger than he looks. And like we really just saw him throw tires and like – unlock a, a secret room with a key which i feel like it would have been easier for him to just get up and walk to the door and unlock yeah. it uh than to control the key but they have to show you that he's a telepath um back to the picture though um i thought it was great that they did show that the lanterns exist um yeah. they showed the first green lantern they showed the hawk people when they were coming out when stripesy and starman were getting into the car which will later be turned into stripes the the robot um you see Jay Garrick's helmet, mm-hmm. like, crushed. And I thought that that was really cool. And then Grandi, who isn't in the battle at all. Like, that was, like, their their ace in the hole. Like, all these villains are fighting these superheroes. And you don't see Grandi ever, anywhere. He must have been, like, in the pool. And they're like, all right, Grandi, it's time to go out. And, like, he went and just destroyed their car. But we lost Starman. Do you think Starman and these old versions come back? Yeah. I hope I, so. Yeah, I really do. Um, and then go back to Grandi. Grandi was cool, but we didn't really see him. You know, no. we, it was we very shad- it was a very silhouette shadowy. Um, so I don't know if they did that for budget wise or they did that because they want a bigger reveal later. It, it all depends. I don't think we see Grandi until like season two, like a full version of Grandi until season two to see what network this lands on. If it's on HBO, then they're going to pay heavy attention to Grandi. If it's on CW, I don't know if they have the C, uh, the budget for a super realistic uh, Grandi. It might get real Flash-like and not just Grodd or King Shark. I mean, Grodd and King Shark look great. Yeah, but the rest sucks, kind of. Yeah. The rest is kind of sketchy. Um also kind of sketchy in animation, I will say uh, Snowpiercer, the new series. I have no desire to see that. I didn't like the movie. Uh, so. first, Well, I love the movie. I, I know you know did. that. Um, the first episode was cool. I think it uh, it opens it up more. The world's This isn't a Snowpiercer episode, but it opens up the world a little bit more to than the movie does. But I will say, overall, um, I am optimistic about Stargirl. Yeah. It didn't. It got the Batgirl treatment. I told you, one and done, or one or two are done. 
this is a series I think I'm going to watch every week. Um, I like it. Uh, I'm going to watch it on DC Universe. Uh, it comes out in six days, so I'm assuming it's a Monday release on DC Universe now, which is weird. Yeah, because everything else was a Friday. Yeah, so it it gives me something to look forward to on Mondays. Um, so I, I'm going to give the, the pilot an optimistic four. Yeah, four I, stars for Stargirl. I have to put, I'll, I'll put that up there. Yeah, I think it, it's got legs. And if it goes to the CW, I think it's going to be a perfect little uh, tie into what we're going to see. Um, I'm not going to be like, listen, we got a lot of stuff that's not going to be on CW until January. All the stuff got pushed back. So I think this is a, a good moment for them to have some some great content. And uh, as a, a 33-year-old man who wasn't that interested in Stargirl, I'm going to watch this series because I think it has some legs. Uh, <laughs> the moment it starts getting cheesy... Uh, I'm gonna put it back onto the back of the binge, but I'm, I'm I feel a little promising about this episode. I think that they have a good cast. I think the dy- dynamics there. They established that there's villains, and they established that there's going to be heroes and that there's going to be hijinks. And I, I think when you're in in this type of business, making a grounded but kind of teen friendly superhero show, you have to have all those. And I think that this works. So yeah, four stars for Star Girl. So yeah, I'm. Were you are you surprised on your how you felt about the show? Uh, nah, I thought it was going to be decent. It, it is kind of what I expected. Um, yeah, I expected kind of a little cheesy. So I, you know, I didn't really um take marks for that. You know, yeah. I, it didn't get it because I. That's kind of what I expected. But you know, this the origin was good. The story was good. So, um. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, give me more uh, original JSA uh, yeah. flashbacks, and and you've got me hooked. And then give me current JSA members, the the kids. Obviously, they're gonna she's gonna recruit those kids, those uh because they they focus on those weirdos yeah. a lot. So she's gonna recruit those. But let's go to the main the meat and potatoes of this episode. Uh, we're gonna talk Hanna Barbera today, and uh, we've kind of spoken out on how much we love Hanna Barbera. Yeah. Uh, we talk, we've done cartoon episodes, uh, but we're going to do a little bit of, of Hanna-Barbera backstory, and then we're going to get into Scoob Review. So William Hanna and Joseph Barbera uh, gave birth to HP Enterprises in 1944, uh, and when they both were animation directors at MGM. Uh, then they decided to go into business together and make animated commercials, and when MGM's clo- uh, closed their animation department... HB went into productions. They decided, let's go make our own studio. It moved from Hanna-Barbera Enterprises and moved into Hanna-Barbera Productions. And they debuted their their first series, Rough and Ready, in 1957, well before our time. And uh, since then, they've been in business for over 50 years, and they have produced uh, over 330 shows. So of those 330 shows, Chuck, what are your top five series? Top five. Um, I always enjoyed Jabberjaw. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. You are. Uh, you just uh, oh, you don't you like Jabberjaw, but you don't like Aquaman. Snorks definitely up there. F- Flintstones, Scooby Doo, and uh, that wasn't Hanna Barbera, but um, Johnny Quest. Johnny Quest was Hanna Barbera. That's a good one. No, I was thinking uh, something else. Um, shirt tails. What were you thinking? Shirt tails. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that wasn't. Um. Minor kind of, we have a few. Um, we have three actually, the same. Um, I like Scooby Doo, is probably my all time favorite yeah. Hanna Barbera show. Uh, the Jetsons, I really dig. Mm-hmm. Johnny Quest, Flintstones, and Yogi Bear. 
Yeah. I mean, but, and, um, and there's a bunch of, like, I always love Huckleberry Hound. Oh, believe me, we're going to get into those characters. Um, because we're actually going to do a, a, a top five characters. Yep. Um, so, with over 330 shows, they have a roster of 1,000 characters. And the 50s saw the before-mentioned Huckleberry Hound mm-hmm. and Quick Draw McGraw. Uh, 60s introduced us to the Flintstones, Yogi Bear, the Jetsons, Scooby-Doo, Top Cat, McGill Gorilla, Johnny Quest, Space Ghost, Adamant, Secret Squirrel, Wacky Races, and many more. I would I would kind of consider that the the golden age yeah. of cartoons, especially for Hanna-Barbera. The 60s introduced us to staples to the point that it's 2020 and we're about to talk uh, Scooby-Doo. You know what I mean? 70s brought us in uh, your favorite, Josie and the Pussycats, C-Lab, Super Friends, Hong Kong Fooey, and Jabberjaw. Uh, the 80s brought in the Smurfs, where they became animated, uh, based off the comics. I didn't realize the Smurfs were a comic. Uh, I think I think it were comic strips. Yeah, that's a strange comic strip, the Smurfs. <laughs> but have, I want a Gargamel movie, but we'll talk about that later. Um, then they brought in Snorks, another one on your top five. And then we went into Pound Puppies, uh, one of my favorite toys as a kid growing up. I love Pound Puppies. And then the 90s brought in SWAT Cats, Two Stupid Dogs, Dexter's Lab, Johnny Bravo, Cow and Chicken, Powerpuff Girls, etc. So of those characters, thousands of characters, uh, you have – give me a top five uh, characters. Um, Jabberjaw, Huckleberry Hound, Scooby-Doo, Fred Flintstone, and Johnny Quest. Oh, very nice. Uh, we have a few. Again, I think two. Uh, Scooby-Doo, Johnny Quest, Harvey Birdman, Yogi, and Space Ghost are uh, my top five. I used to love Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Mm-hmm. Did you used to watch that when you were a teenager? Of course. I mean, he's on my top five, man. Of course I watched Space Ghost with um, Brack. Br- Yo, Brack was great. I was... Uh, I love that show so much. And I was probably, what, like 15, 16 when I came out? I went from, like, Space Ghost to Mystery Science Theater. Like... When Space Ghost wasn't on, I'd go to Public Access and Mystery Science Theater was on. And I was like, oh, this is just like it was it was so weird. It was just like Space Ghost Coast to Coast was one of the weirdest shows I've ever watched. Yeah. Oh, it was. But it was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what's fantastic, though. Uh, we kind of al- alluded to this. Um, 2018, DC launched comics yeah. that had Hanna-Barbera in it. And we, we covered it. We were a podcast when that happened. Yeah, and we, we talked about it. And like some of these titles, like. You, you don't expect them to be good, right? So, like, Suicide Squad, Banana Splits. I know you, you go back to that one all the time, but, like, Nightwing, McGill Gorilla, Booster Gold and the Flintstones, Adam Strange and Future Quest, Deathstroke and Yogi Bear, uh, Space Ghost, Green Lantern, Top Cat, Superman, Aquaman, Jabberjaw, Black Lightning, Hong Kong Fooey, Flash and the Speed Buggy, and Super Sons and Dino Mutt. Now, since we've been a podcast, have you looked into any of those? Um, I haven't read them, but I've definitely looked into uh, several of them. Um, Do you remember when when the Looney Tunes and DC partnered and the Elmer Fudd Batman one came out and we were like, why is this popular? And we read it and we were like, oh, we get it. It was great. It was it um, was great. And I will say um, I went back and read some of these. Uh, Yogi Bear and Deathstroke is fire. One of, it's so good. I It's called I Jellystone it. Dark. Really? Yeah. Um, there's a character that I w- should have put on a top five and I totally forgot about it was, uh, and I loved him and I great ape. Oh yeah. Now, ironically, great, great ape make or great ape makes a, um, 
a cameo in yeah. Deathstroke and Justice League. Oh yeah. Like he yeah, so there's a panel where he's introducing himself to these outlaws, Deathstroke is. And he says, I've taken out King Cro- uh Killer Shark and Jabberjaw, King Croc and and um oh, who was the Wally Gator? And uh, Gorilla Grodd and Grape Ape. And I'm looking through that and like the panels were like the way it jumped and the storyline was awesome. It led it up like that could have been a series. The Space Ghost Green Lantern. I think when we we talked about that. Yeah. Um, the cover was the one of the sickest covers I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, the comic didn't disappoint. That could also have been a series. It's just like you forget what you can do with these characters. And there are parallels between the comics and the cartoons where the 60s and the 70s and those those comics were super campy. Oh yeah. And I think that's what I liked about them. It was they were they were super campy and they gave you time to just kind of unwind as a kid. But then you kind of you can adult them. You can turn them into adult themes. And they really did that, man. I uh I recommend anybody out there to read Deathstroke Yogi Bear. I think it's a it's one hell of a, a cartoon uh, comic. And I would definitely read this uh the series. But the reason why we're here actually is because we're going to talk about Scoop, uh, a movie that we have really been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're big Scooby-Doo fans. If you haven't heard of Top 5, just rewind a few minutes and you'll hear them. Um, I'm very excited about this, man. I was disappointed a little bit. I don't think it was a perfect movie, but I think it was a great movie. Uh, mm-hmm. So spoiler alerts for that. The thing that got me was the story, right? So we went over we saw the trailer and we we highlighted the trailer in one of our trailer parks and it gave me and i think it gave you the same feel that this movie was going to be the origins of the mystery machine the mystery inc yep and like a young version of scooby and and uh, shaggy yeah and we got that but we only got it for about four minutes were you kind of let down with that yeah i um yes and no i i i wanted it but I also thought that they wouldn't focus too much on it because yeah. it seems like they had a lot of story to tell. And, um, you know, we knew that uh, the Blue Falcon story had to be told. Um, we knew that Captain Caveman was in there. So I I knew that these characters had to be introduced. So I didn't expect the coming-of-age Scooby-Doo and Shaggy to be 30 minutes long when the movie was only an hour and a half so um i kind of in a way i i was hoping for more but i kind of expected it yeah i mean i i'll be clear i wasn't upset with what we got Um, i would have liked to have more i think what we got was awesome uh we saw we saw product placement obviously with uh warner brothers throwing wonder woman in there as daphne being dressed as wonder woman um I don't know if the directors are big ICP fans, but they got robbed by Juggalos. Dude, as soon as they came up, I was like, why are Juggalos in there? And AG's like, what's a Juggalo? And Danielle's like, yeah, what's a Juggalo? And I was like, insane clown posse? And Danielle's like, oh. And I'm like, she goes, no, they're clowns. I was like, no, they are fucking Juggalos. I watched a uh, a video about a review. Someone talked about it, and they, they said that that was an Easter egg for Joker. I was like, that's not Joker. They're Juggalos. No, Get out of here. They're, then whoever well, said all... that doesn't know what they're talking about. They were Juggalos. This, I've never been so furious at a YouTube video in my life. They also said that when they said Waka Waka, it was about a 
obscure World Cup song from Argentina by Shakira. I was like, nobody, get out of here. That's not what that's at. If anything, they might have been praising a little love to the Muppets and Fozzie, but it was just they said funny words like zoinks and jinkies and waka waka and all that stuff. Like, get get out of here. But back to what we were talking about, besides I go before I go down a uh, rabbit hole of anger, um, there were product placements for Funko. Uh, yeah. Shaggy collects pops. So me and Shaggy are more alike than I like to give credit to. Uh, but I like that we did get a small origin to the mystery, uh, mystery Inc. And yeah. it's it's weird because like this whole, it begins with Shaggy being like a loser, not having any friends, and all of a sudden he he looks like he becomes friends with the popular kids because Fred and Daphne look like they're super popular. And it was also cool to see Judge Judy for a bit. Uh, I know she was Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Velma was, but uh, I like the the play on words with like. How uh, like it was kind of fourth wall breaking a little bit, saying like, "Oh, it's Judge Judy or a girl who looks like Judge Judy." I thought that that was fun, um, but then it goes into like the full story, and it then turns into a story about friendship and what happens when your friends just give up on you. I guess because Simon Cowell tells you to give up on them. Yeah, Did that, that was that was to... weird because I didn't realize like, okay, I know he's in America's uh, Got Talent. And stuff like that, but like, is Salmon Cow really relevant? Like, maybe early two thousands. You know, uh, we reviewed Galaxy Wars reviewed Scoop uh, this past Monday, and uh, we both said the same thing. Like, I is he a huge get for an animated movie? Not now. Like I said, in two thousand five, maybe. Yeah, I don't. I didn't. I didn't like that part. I feel like that could have been. That could have been set like that could have been just zapped like it could have been like Shaggy and Scooby were too afraid to be part of this mystery ink and they decided to go bowling right and then they get zapped up and then the Blue Falcon comes in. I didn't think that they had to be like decimated by their friends by saying yeah you guys are the losers of the bunch. Yeah that was, that was the only scene that I, I probably disliked um, because also again. Why was Sam and Cal even in there? It didn't yeah. make uh, well, sense. you know what? I think he was in it because they introduce you to the villain, like the guy, the man behind the mask, and like to speed forward to the end. Dick Dastardly was Simon Cowell, but then he was Dick Dastardly again. So like it kind of played into like the the old Scooby Doo lore, which uh, even the, the the opening crawl, like once we start like the theme when the theme song hit was pretty much shot for shot from yeah. the original Scooby-Doo series. Uh, that gave it a star on its own for me. Yeah, and uh, and they said that. that they, was awesome. They said, you know, they did shot for shot of the original Scooby-Doo. And because I'm watching it and I'm like that. And then after like probably 20, 30 seconds, I realized, oh, shit, that is shot for shot. Because I was like, oh, that yeah, looks and, just like. And then it kept going. And I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah, you get like Adam the robot, you get the sea mm-hmm. the sea captain, the ghost, all that stuff. Like the guy who looks like Frankenstein, you kind of get him. Um, but this is a movie. We, it is Scooby Doo, but it's disguised as a the maiden voyage for a Hanna Barbera cinematic universe, and yeah. we both knew that. So they introduced their characters. So they had Dick Dastardly and alluded to Muttley in the first part of the movie. We later see Muttley in the the end. Um, but this is mainly a, a Falcon Force movie disguised as a Scooby Doo movie. Yeah, yeah, it was very. You, it was more Falcon Force than Mystery Inc. Yeah, because you get you get Dee Dee uh, Skies or Dee Dee Sykes, who 
debuted in the Teen Angels and Captain Caveman series back in the 70s. Um, then you have Blue Falcon, a.k.a. Ryan, because it's the son of Blue Falcon. And yeah. then you get Dynamut, um, who I like the dynamic of that. I thought Blue Falcon was great. I thought Dynamite, uh, Dynamut was cool. I really liked Blue Falcon's costume. Yeah. It was a very clean look, very, very clean, like an awesome superhero costume. Um, and then they introduced Captain Caveman and Dick Dastardly. Uh, what did you think of the launching off point into the Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe? Well, when this movie was announced, they used this is our Into the Spider-Verse. I, I don't agree with that totally, but I did like that they did introduce more characters than just Scooby-Doo. So, yeah, this is like their Iron Man. This is the beginning of the yeah. HBCU. And I and I think it the characters that they used worked. Yeah, like, absolutely. Um I you know, I knew and we knew for a while that Captain Caveman was in it. And I was like, how the hell is he going to show up? Mm-hmm. And the fact that they used that it was kind of like a um uh a world that was forgotten, and then we seen the terror. As soon as we seen the pterodactyls, I was like, "Oh, this is where we're going to see Captain Caveman." As, as somebody who knew Captain Caveman was coming, let's forget that he was in this, right? Because I felt yeah. the same way. If Captain Cave, you didn't know Captain Caveman was in this, did you think they were going to Bedrock? Yes, because I I actually kind of thought that. Yes, um, so, did I. so I was like, "Okay, are, are we going to see a Fred Flintstone and then Captain Caveman sprinkle in somewhere?" Um, because the first thing I thought of the pterodactyls was bedrock um yeah but i i i think it worked well um i liked captain you, caveman's look he was yeah. a little more dreadlock than he was uh just pig he looked like a potato with dreads yeah and uh you know i i've i always talk about my love for tracy morgan and uh, i thought he was great and i i kind of wish we got more of Captain Caveman. But, I think uh, we're going to get more uh, because at the end, it kind of goes into the Falcon Force, a Jabberjaw and Adam Ant, and I think Squiddly Diddly, like, and Captain Caveman joined the, the, the Falcon Force, which could be the next movie uh, because you obviously have Mark Wahlberg, you have uh, uh, Kearsley Clemens, uh, Ken Jeong, Tracy Morgan. That would sell. That would be a, a sellable movie. And and the thing with the credit is they showed that Quest Labs is working for Falcon Force and was behind, like in the very before the the credits roll, they show Velma opening her laptop. It was a Quest yeah, Lab her, laptop, her Q laptop. Um, so I thought that was really cool. But then you know when you look through the end credits and they show like it looks like um, Quest Labs created Rosie the robot. Yeah. But you know what? What's weird? So this kind of like – this is a little like thoughts that I had too. I feel like we can get – because Dick Dastardly is still alive and well, but he's captured, right? He had a bunch of robots that also looked like Rosie. Now, could they have said that Dick Dastardly worked with Quest Labs and then went away? And, you know, because I – you're watching this whole movie and you're seeing those little robots and those creations, his minions, if you will. And I'm like, that's Rosie. Dick Dashley created Rosie. And then at the end, it's like, oh, well, it looks like Quest Labs kind of did it too. 
I'd like there to be kind of like if this is a connective Spider-Verse, you know, like big universe. I don't think Dick Dastardly is your Thanos, but I think that like he could spawn into these other movies. Like, listen, we you stole my designs for these robots and now you're taking credit for it. Uh, it kind of gave me those vibes a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think it's just a coincidence, maybe, Rosie, that the you know little robot minions look like that. But um, I, I, th- when I seen Rosie the blueprint, the blueprints, I thought it was kind of weird because that's supposed to be the Jetsons or what, like a hundred years in the future. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that, they... I thought it was cool, but kind of a weird placement. Well, they've talked about how. Um time travel is possible and i think the mystery machine is a time machine the new mystery machine the new one the old one was uh, a ford bug or like a like a ford van that shouldn't have been running in what seemed to be a 2000s movie yeah yeah you know and fred suiting up like captain america was kind of ridiculous too with his and then he, uh, wheel well and then he brought out the ascot yeah uh, i th- i think like one the animation was awesome the story yeah. was fun uh, it, it felt like a mystery, two mysteries in general, because you had Shaggy and Scooby with Falcon Force trying to figure out where Dick was going to get these, these three skulls from the, the Alexander the Great in Paradise. And then you had the mystery Inc. trying to find their lost friend. So I thought that that was cool. Uh, let's talk a little bit of the Easter eggs. You already talked about Johnny Quest, the Q. Uh, did you catch any more Easter eggs? Yeah, uh, one of the pet shops was... Um, Peebles. Peebles. Which is from uh, Magilla Gorilla. Yep. There was um, – so you remember when they were in the ar- arcade, right? Yeah, the Hong Kong Fui. Uh, yep, and a couple of the stores were – one store was called Hannah's. The other one was called Barbera's. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, D.D. Skies – or D.D. Sykes is from Teen Angels. We already talked about that. When they were driving down the road, they passed a uh, pit stop sign, Penelope Pit Stop. Yep. Um. They passed a Jellystone sign for Yogi Bear. Uh, let's see. Remember the house? The haunted house in the beginning where the guy looked like he robbed Costco? Yeah. You look closely on the walls, you see a silhouette of Fred and Wilma Flintstone. Yes. Yes, I did and, read that. And then you have the the pterodactyls that we talked about were pterodactyls from the Johnny Quest series, not the Flintstones. So it ties it in so much more, and it looks like uh, – Quest Laboratories is the benefactor to not only Falcon Force but Mystery Inc. Okay. I think because like you're thinking about how are they getting paid? Who's like you got these four four teenage teenagers? What are they like 17, 18? Yeah. They own a shop in Venice, a storefront property on the corner, which has to be crazy retail, like for rent. Um, and they solve mysteries. How are they getting paid? And it's good. They have to have a benefactor. It's like Shark Tank. <laughs> that's that's what I think. Uh, what do you think of the movie in all, overall? Um, one to five. Give me one to five uh, question marks because of Mystery Inc. I'm going to say four. When uh, when I reviewed it on Galaxy Wars, I broke it into two. So I'm going to stay with it. Uh, it's a three and a half to a four for a Scooby-Doo movie. For an HBCU launching off point, it was a five because it delivered. Yeah. Um, I, I read that the director said there were going to be – there was like 15 more minutes of footage that they could have had with the actual Falcon Adamant and, you know, Jabberjaw and Captain Caveman joining the Falcon Force. But 
They obviously cut that because it's a 90-minute, and Warner Brothers stepped in and said, oh, that might be too much movie, and I'm surprised that Warner Brothers steps in for anything because we, we see how they do most of their movies. Off the top of your head, what's the next movie they make? Realistically, what do you what do you want to see and what do you think they make? If this does well and they don't do a straight sequel but a spinoff, um, I would – Johnny Quest maybe. Okay. I think there's um, a lot to go with that. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you think people are going to get him confused with Fred? I think they're going to maybe make boys. him maybe make him younger, more youthful. Okay. Okay. Um, and more the dynamic of him and uh, like the professor and stuff like that. Um, and Haji. Yeah. The the movie I think that they're they're going to launch off with. Uh, the next one is going to be Falcon Force. That's what I think. And the one I want to see is Johnny Quest as well. Uh, but I wouldn't be mad if Falcon Force was the next one. So, yeah, that that's our episode, man. Uh, four and a half or four for you, three and a half and five. You get it. Um, but next week, we're going to come back with another dual review. We're going to do um, Justice League Dark, Apocalypse War, mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat, Scorpion's Revenge. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we... Spoiler alert, we already recorded it, so we know it's a good episode, so we can you can bank <laughs> on it that this is going to be a great episode. But support us on social media, The Active Geek, all throughout social media world. Uh, Chuck's on uh, Instagram, uh, Chuck underscore The Active Geek, AG Cosplay. Support our network, uh, archive stuff with Binks and the Beards and Box Office Flashback. They're available on SoundCloud, and you can support Galaxy Wars every Monday. But that's it, man. Uh, we'll be back next week. Like I said, double review. Uh, For the Active Geek Podcast, I am Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.